Welcome to This Week in Craft Beer, the podcast, the weekly show where we interview the people making the magic happen in the UK craft beer scene. Sponsored by Them That Can, the premier mobile canning service in the UK. Commencing in July 2021, This Week in Craft Beer will be offering meticulously curated craft beer experiences to the world's most exciting craft beer destinations in partnership with some of the UK's leading craft breweries. Please visit our website for more details at thisweekincraft.beer. This Week in Craft Beer would like to thank our generous Patreon supporters John Stevens, Angela Peterson, Nick Flynn, Jamie Ramsey, Sue Johnson, Steve Hartley, Jazz Hundell, Phantom Brewing Company, Dolphin Brewery, Becky Bentley-White, Alex Possels, Berkshire Beer Box, Ryan Charlton and the Paper Mill Micropub. So I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast Joe from Drop Project Brewing in Mitcham, Surrey. Drop Projects was launched in 2019 by Joe, Will and JT, inspired by their love of the outdoors and enjoying nature to the max. Drop Project brew fantastic modern craft beers with an eco-conscious mindset, attempting to create as little a negative impact on the world as possible when brewing. Joe, please introduce yourself and tell me about your beer journey and how you came to launch Drop Project Brewing. Hi there, my name's Joe. I am the sales director of Drop Project. I guess there's a long and a short story, I guess, as like most people, but like I've been fully in the beer world since sort of early 2017, okay. having worked for Gypsy Hill Brewery for a yep. number of years, where I met JT, who was the head of production there. And what, three, four years later now we're here. So that's the very short story. I'm sure I'll give you some more detail to that later on. But <laughs> um, yeah, that was my in, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And did you have what got you into Gypsy Hill then? Let's start from there. So did, did you yeah. have a background in beer retail or you know, no, how did so, you get your break yeah. there? So funnily enough, I guess like I had worked in having left university, I started working in pubs, but like a lot of people, it was kind of, there wasn't any long-term goal to be within the industry. Although I, I you know, I did, I really found my feet doing that and I ended up becoming an assistant manager of a couple of pubs where I'm, where I'm from in Bromley in South right. East London. But they weren't, there was absolutely no craft beer of any kind, you know what I mean? No. It was, they were both, one of them was a Shepherd Neen pub and the other one was sort of semi-independent, I think. And then I veered into a bit more of a traditional job in a sense. So I started working in like the video games industry, working okay. in like wholesale trading. I worked in what's known as the grey distribution side of the industry, which was very much like buying and selling so, right. you know, it was very much trading to, yeah. to, to an extent, which was sort of my, you know, where my sales background comes from. That was sort of my early 20s and then yeah. that for a number of years. And then my neighbor at the time, a guy called Mike, he's the marketing manager of Dipsy Hill right. um, and still is to this day now. And I just sort of got chatting to him about just looking for a bit of a, like a bit of a career change. I think if things have become a bit stale for me, you know, it was a classic very well-paid job but with no you know not really any there's no passion in it for no. that sort of thing and I just I think at the time yeah so going back to sort of early 2017 where I was locally in the Crystal Palace area Gypsy yeah. Hill were very locally well followed they were sure. you know a lot of people really liked them and they were really starting to get a good name and reputation yeah, as absolutely. A for yeah. themselves. and as I just sort of in passing with Mike and I just said look I'm, if you guys ever need someone who needs to sell the beer <laughs> give me a call sort of thing and literally within a couple of weeks he was like look there's nothing we can't get you in right now but could you maybe cover some shifts because we know you've got a bit of bar experience and their little tap room they'd open called the Douglas Fir right. which is still open now it's a great little boozer and yep. ended up doing maybe a month or two there and then um they were like, you know, we'd really like to get you in like, on board. And they'd never really had anyone with like a sales background working right. at the brewery. They were all, they'd all left other previous jobs, but no one had ha- ever had sort of somebody who just knew how to sell something. You right. Know what I mean, mm-hmm. it, sure. it, I'd been taught every way in the book how to sell. And yep. when I got in there, I was just like hell for leather. I really enjoyed it because it nice. was just so yeah. new and it was nice to be somewhere where people were so like passionate about what they were doing and I feel like 2017 had seen that very early very early beginning of craft beer over so they're kind of the the teething points of where it wasn't really that popular yet but it was starting to really boom and like I think it got to a stage where everyone wanted a piece of it you know yeah which was great because it, it just it felt like everything we were touching 
was sort of turning up to gold because everyone was like, yeah, we'll get, you know, pubs were becoming more independent yeah. and there were more and more bottle shops opening and stuff. Yep. So it was just like, it felt like carving butter with a hot knife almost. Nice, you know I mean? yeah. You know, I guess it was at that stage a critical mass of demand, but nothing yeah. like the supply that there is now of craft brewery. So yeah. you, you were in a great yeah, position yeah. there, popular brand yeah. from, from South London that could yeah. actually really, really make well, a difference. Well, I think... Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of those guys, similarly to like your London Beer Factories, mm. your Brit, your Orbits, all those kind yep. of great breweries, hadn't. I think they'd all had a bit of teasing sort of from mm-hmm. 2013. I think where a lot of them started, some guys didn't really know how to keg beer properly at, mm. at that stage. You know what I mean? So like, mm. I think once everyone had really found their feet, the world had opened up to them a little yeah. bit because it was like people just wanted, especially in the community hubs around london where there's such great local communities yeah within people wanting to follow high quality brands that they can really believe in and like it just seems like everyone was really really keen to be involved in some way so yeah it was great it was it was, it was real fun at the time that's nice me. yeah yeah so you met jt there yeah um, so he was head of production at the time yeah. and that was when the brewery was relatively small i mean i was the first sort of salesperson that ever had right JP was probably employee number four or five or something right. like that. I mean, when, mm-hmm. you, when you think that those guys now probably have in the region of like, I mean, with bar staff included somewhere between 30 and 40 staff. Yeah, I would say that. Though, I wouldn't be surprised if that yeah. was, if it was maybe a few more um, than that. Yeah. When JT started, it was a cask brewery that, mm. that you know, they, they definitely, they had great ideas and I think they, they knew to some extent what they wanted the brewery to be, but it hadn't really had someone of a very high professional nature come into the brewery and really give them a nice road to carve from because um, yep. they came from uh, four pure previously right um, but obviously was starting to become a very big brewery at the time yeah. yeah he was an engineer previous to that he sort of worked offshore and stuff so he was very like when he came into brewery he was like right this needs to change this needs to change this needs to change and right. yeah with, with the right group of guys with the creatives with working with mike on the marketing side of things like the brewery sort of really took off Mm-hmm. Um, what stage then did you start to say hang on we can probably do something ourselves here and when were those conversations coming together like around the start of 2019 mm-hmm. um i left gypsy hill around march of 2019 okay mm-hmm. i think jt is always because it was never like, I'll, you know i'll be honest it was i'd never never even thought about doing this no. you know, like <laughs> as, like as a being a, an, like a, an owner but i think jt like having having been a home brewer years like you know going back sort of 10 10 12 years ago which is funny because he's from the same home brewing club back in ireland as one of the guys the, the owner of whiplash now oh my goodness and, yeah <laughs> yeah and uh shane who's the head brewer of neon raptor right um you know they, they had a really good very successful alumni you that's know, amazing that, that, that must have been a pretty club. good club yeah <laughs> yeah he'd always had it in his head at some point i think he really wanted to do that and right i was sort of transitioning because I, I always wanted to work in coffee as well okay. um mm-hmm. so i i was sort of transitioning out of beer going into specialty coffee right. um which are very like they're so similar in a lot of yeah. ways mm-hmm. um i'd say arguably coffee is healthier than, than the beer industry. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think there's much <laughs> argument about it to be honest with you but <laughs> no i felt a bit jittery for a while though which was mm-hmm. uh but um yeah so at the time i left gypsy hill right jt had sort of mentioned to me he was did i know anyone who may be potentially looking in sort of investment or anything like that and will who's the also the other co-founder he's the business director he also set up the previous company that i worked in the games trading company oh right Uh, okay um, yep yeah, so how, you know, I was, so I was kind of the middle piece of the puzzle. Like right, was, you put, you put the, the other two guys together. Yeah, yeah nice. exactly. But yeah, I, I was good friends with Will and he kind of gave me a start in the kind of career life. Like yeah. JT obviously really helping me with the brewing side of things. Like he taught me everything I knew. Right. I know still <laughs> now. I mean, I should arguably know a lot more, but. <laughs> you know, uh, if you'd have only listened, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, so anyway, after many meetings at pubs, yeah, it just all fell into place. So, you know, we all got on so well. And mm-hmm. weirdly enough, like I, I kind of introduced them with no, with absolutely no intention of becoming part of it. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I think they had made a, dis- they'd had a discussion without me having already done that introduction between them both. And I think they hit it off. And JT had a very meticulous business plan from mm-hmm. day one to, you know, day 300 and whatever of year five you know he had it written out 
Nice. Uh, you know, which is classic engineer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, He's very, true. Yeah, yeah. Extremely meticulous, and I think you could probably taste that in the beer that we drink mm-hmm. that we're drinking that sure. you know he's somebody who just you know quality is everything in yeah. every aspect of what he does so nice. and then eventually they sort of turn around and they were like we'd really need someone who could sell this so mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like you're you're good at that so what if we you know what if we offer you a share a shareholding in the company and nice yeah um and a crappy wage like come on board <laughs> you know um, sounds irresistible so, yeah <laughs> and then yeah so we officially registered the company in may 2019 but we didn't bring out the first beer we launched our first two beers back in october 2019 yeah we did three nights we did one at the rake mm-hmm. we did one at the douglas fir which is gypsy hills place in crystal yep. palace and then we did one at Brewdog in shoreditch nice and so you started out at missing link yeah so that's was... where we started yeah so we started brewing i can't remember the life of me how that came about i think yeah jt obviously he's a um, he's also a brewing consultant so okay. he helps breweries build being an engineer he works with a company now who he with with his sort of design work and his love of like all things engineering he right. helps people like you know he's done several expansions so like okay nice um yeah he helped four pure expand two or three times to size mm-hmm. to where they are almost now i think he helps gypsy hill through maybe two or three expansions. Right. Um, and then obviously we built our brewery from scratch pretty much. Yeah. Um, so any pictures you see online, apart from flooring and actual physicality of putting tanks into actual parts, everything else we built from scratch. Right. So you brewed at Missing Link for a year or yeah. less? Than, uh, so yeah. when, when did you move to Mitcham? So we brewed from the start of October 2019. And then we, I think the last beer we brought out was maybe January, February. It was longer than planned. Right. It always is, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, obviously, no, COVID, COVID and, and a yeah. few other little bits and bobs. It was, I think you can, to some extent, run a business on that, but not highly profitable one. But we were able to carve a very nice path for ourselves. Like the beer quality has proven that. And the facilities there were, were very good. Um, yeah, I had Brendan from um, Little Monster on who came through yeah. Missing Link and also Jordan from Ambard. Um, so, you yeah, know, you're, exactly. the, you're the third Missing Link alumni, if you like, that I've had in the podcast. So it's obviously, it's a great yeah. incubator of, yeah, yeah. of quality craft beer, that's for sure. No, definitely. I think I think the only, the only thing really that place is lacking is space. Right, yeah. Like anything, it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not a large brewery. I think they're probably around 12, 15 heck, maybe, right. something like that not and you know we had we had three tanks we had three 2000 liter tanks permanently mm-hmm. on hold for us i think okay. we were very quick to snap that up and especially obviously when the, there was quite a large boom around like pretty much this time last year yeah and it was the quality was there for us um facilities were great you know yeah. they've got a full kit lab there they've got centrifuge got a state-of-the-art canning line nice yeah everything you need really to, to build the, the foundation of a, of a brand if you do it right i think yes it's um you know we weren't able to uh, you know the only stipulation really for us is more the turnaround time on tanks so like we were very we had sort of our hands tied behind our backs with like styles Right. Um, well, you needed to you needed to be in and out of the tank in in three or four weeks, kind of thing. Or yeah, yeah you know, we couldn't do anything. Like, we couldn't do anything with any lager or pills no. in the focus. We couldn't do sours. So it was just super hoppy, five and a half percent upwards. Sort right. Of thing. Yeah, yeah. Which is you know, it's great, and it was it really it served the purpose, and I think in, invariably it, it probably pushed us towards a direction that we we should have probably had you know. I think had we had our own way, we might have probably made more mistakes being, right. you know, let's brew some wacky styles. Let's <laughs> brew some, because, you know, JT, JT loves brewing dippers and right. New England styles, but he loves more than anything. He loves brewing saisons and sours okay. and, yep. and lagers. And that's, you can't do that really under the, like under the constraints of contract brewing, because no. you just don't, you don't have the time. You don't have the space. You don't have the means to fall over. Do you no. know what I mean? And so not saying that we really want to do that now, but I think it's probably done us a bit of a favor because now people know us and they trust our, 
they trust the beer that we make so yep. that when we do make something that may be a little bit left field they're like oh you know what i really enjoy everything else they do so i'm probably going to pick that up or absolutely right give it a try do you know what i mean so yeah you need to build up a reserve of yeah. goodwill don't you before people are prepared to buy your brand purely on spec regardless of what beer style it is and you know yeah i, think... I mean you know five six years ago no brewery was ever bringing out double ipas really like mm-hmm. maybe once a year they might bring one out or you know even like a sort of six and a half percent new england ipa they'd be maybe a bit tentative but our fifth release was a double ipa mm-hmm. as a brewery do you know what i mean like i think now it's like the market's hungry but it's hungry for what it wants yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i think we can you know we can safely say that it there was within the bad of what happened last year and it was extremely difficult for a lot of people and a lot of this industry but there was a lot of things it helped us maybe learn quicker than we would have done otherwise so you've got to try and got to try and take the positives out of it haven't you yeah 100 percent. i think that's exactly what we've done so let's talk about mitchum and what you've got now in terms of capacity facilities paint me a picture of, of the new site so it's five and a half thousand square foot unit okay it's fully accessible it's a majority warehousing space with a, a nice separate unit. Well, separate office space with cent- central heating, which, you know, oh not, not many breweries have. <laughs> no, but, they don't. You know, <laughs> especially for the, the winter, winters in breweries can be pretty brutal. Yes. I can tell you, I can tell you that for nothing. It's very nice. We've got fully equipped loos there, which is great. Everything we've, we've not had to build in any, what's really nice when we open the tap room everything we've got full accessibility so there's nice. no like stairs we're not yeah. messing around with people trying to get in and out nice. so you know it's very very accessible for everyone and built a 30 heck brew brew kit there great with seven 30 hectolitre fe's and we've got one 60 heck tank there as well oh, already wow. which we didn't think we'd need so quickly no but um yeah, the brewery is full to the brim now. We that's keep amazing. One, one of the oh, that's brilliant. I had no idea it was as big as that. That's brilliant. If you think in layman's terms, we're aiming to output with, with our release scheduling now, including sh- the shifty tank, which is the 60 hectolitre tank, which is right. kind of our only core beer. Yep. But, you know, within year one of being at the site, we'll be aiming to put out, realistically, be around sort of quarter of a million litres this year. Fantastic. So, um, yeah. And that, you know, we've got this, there's only five of us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're on the hunt for more more people to join the, the team. But yep. yeah, eventually, you know, there will be a, a bit more distribution of responsibility because at the moment it's very much all like everyone, all hands on deck. Yeah, um, I can imagine. All the time. Uh, yep. And, you know, we can stomach that as a new business for mm-hmm. some time, but at the same time, like we have to start relieving responsibilities to more qualified people in that respect like mm. i am not a packaging manager i'm not <laughs> i'm not well versed in understanding how canning line runs well and how it runs properly um and jt is not a brewer like mm. he's not he's you know he's a production manager he happens to be very good at brewing but he wants to bring in someone who's better than him right which is what we're doing now we're looking for a head brewer fantastic so if you know anyone <laughs> this is now one this is one giant advert for head brewer please so we're have it been known we are actively looking for a, a very talented head brewer and we're just putting those nice building blocks now we've done that silly graft bit of the job which yes is working silly Cra- hours crazy hours yeah it's not sustainable in the long term is it no it's not and it's not good for it's not good for health it's not no. it's not good for well-being and it's not good for relationships you know and we've we've all we've all taken a bit of a battering i bet you um, have yeah and we're very thankful of our girlfriends for sticking around <laughs> which is nice because we uh we've not been spending much time together no. well as a brewery we have but you know obviously yeah. you know we've all we've all been working a lot of six seven day weeks 12 14 hour days some days mm. which again but it'll all be worth it because it's really starting to see it pay off now which is really great no um, definitely but yeah as far as mitchum goes we've got a full 30 heck brew house all the fe's are pretty much full apart from one what like i said we keep the conditioning right or pre-packaged tank as a bright tank sort of thing um we've got a centrifuge there nice. we've got a nice sort of forehead filling canning line which again is probably one of those things that at the time 
Uh, yeah, I think at the moment it will serve us, but I think probably maybe towards the end of the year, I think we might have to look at upgrading that just because it will buy us back a few hours of a day. That's right. Yeah, instead um, of taking the whole day to do a canning run, if you can reduce that to two or three mm-hmm. hours. That's, that's, a, that's a big win, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think everything we have now is very much workable. It's, yep. it's of the highest standard as a brewery and for our size, but also um, the only stuff we really have to upgrade is the SEs because the right. brew kit the brew kit is we can double brew on that in less than eight hours so you know where a lot of breweries will just buy a sort of pretty small kit they'll within less than two or three years they're already having to upgrade that and having both of us jt and i going through many brewery expansions the last thing we want to do as a brewery because it's it's so time consuming it's such a it's such a hole in your production schedule and it really creates such a bottleneck in the business so if you can, and it's probably our recommendation to a lot of people looking to get into brewing that actually, if you're really, if you are incredibly serious about it, then bigger is always better. Yeah, don't, skimp, don't skimp on the size of your brew kit, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah because the, the amount of stories you hear with people starting with a 100 litre brew kit and then yeah. within a week, they're like, I need a 200 litre brew kit. And it's like, <laughs> how many times are you going to, you know what I mean? Like just maybe try and look at the bigger picture see where you can vision yourself and maybe it, i think for us as well it gives us a higher bar to reach because the thing is if if we're going to go at a lower scale then you might just be like oh well yeah it might lower your standards and expectations of what you're you are you're capable of achieving and i think yeah you scale back your ambitions no i guess to, to some extent yeah and i think for us it's like actually actually the only thing we have to do like i said is scale up our se sizes mm-hmm. because we could easily double brew that kit with a very capable set of hands on that yep. on the deck to produce 60 heck tanks yeah you know five days a week if we wanted to but that's not our vision of what we want but no. it's something that we could do so there's always room for for the for a change in ideas and a change in a potential or future that you know things change like i said sure. so i think what's good is that we always have we can always entertain the idea of crazy things <laughs> so <laughs> not that i think we're, do- we're doing that anyway but um so have you got floor space for more 30 heck fe's or 60 heck fe's have you got you yeah got we've, we've got we've got a comfortable row so space wise we're a sort of between eight and ten meters height so okay. we're not <laughs> this, nice. is another, this is another thing if yeah. we could recommend anything don't start a brewing a railway arch no <laughs> Please don't do that. No, um, much as they're yeah. you know they're atmospheric places to actually visit as a tap yeah. room, they're not very practical to work in. I'm sure. You know what? I think again, you can't speak for anyone else other than yourself in these situations. And like, we've got loads of great mates who own fantastic breweries, um, and they're in archways and they're mm-hmm. in railways, and they work. They work yeah. well. They are moaning to me about the space, but they figured out a way and, to work it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, they. Yeah it's you know you can't drive a forklift you can't move anything no. by you can't like whereas we've got so much room above us yeah that the potential is is only the limit of our height so we could easily fit a row of five 60 hectoliter tanks in the middle of our brew space now and then yeah. upgrade everything so we could go from what we have now and we could more than we could almost treble the size of wow. the brewery in the, in the same space the same that we have yeah, yeah. brilliant yeah. So in terms of potential growth for us, there's a lot of space. So you, you mentioned just fleetingly a tap room, Joe. So where mm. are you with that? So we have we have a mood board. <laughs> we have an architect and okay. we've had a recent consultation on the flooring mm-hmm. already. So it is in motion. I can confirm. However, date is not there is no date as of yet. I think we're aiming for we're aiming for the summer at some point. Okay, I think, great. Um, so not too far away. Yeah. No, and obviously a tap brewery is an integral part of any brewery that's wanting totally. to get the best price for its beer and to have people drinking in that and have the best state. relationship with their customers. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And we've got such a great space for it. I think the railway arch is a very British institution of brewing yeah. if you know yeah. what i mean like i don't i can't think of anywhere else i go that i could find so many breweries and archways and that's great and the atmosphere is lovely and hearing a sleeper train roll over and you know yeah. watch everyone's glasses shake yeah. as it goes. But for us it's like if you walk in there with the tap room space and the size i think it's much more of that 
sort of American atmosphere. Right. I mean, it's very, very open. It's like you can see the whole thing. I think people will really like it. We're excited to get people in there. I think we're also in a good, we've got a good opportunity with an area that really doesn't have very many. I think the closest place we have to us that serves good beer is, you know, is a very good pub, but that's nearly a mile and a half away from where we are. So Mm -hmm. it's an incredibly industrial area like Croydon, Mitcham is very industrious. It's right. a lot of warehousing spaces, but yep. there's a lot of people working in the area. So it'd be really nice to open that up to people to come and drink somewhere after work, but also Definitely. have that sort of location for people to come at the weekends. And right. the closest, I think the guys from Anspach and Hobday, they're in Croydon. Yep. Sort of, they're about a mile away from us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been there on a Saturday afternoon and it's been packed, you know, yep. so it proves that people would travel for the quality yeah, of no question in my mind. No, if you, you know, almost yeah. anywhere where there's a reasonable density of population, tap rooms are going to be wildly yeah. successful. I think as long as your no. beers, are, as long as your beers are good quality. Goes <laughs> exactly. <without> saying. <laughs> and that's the thing. I think no, like we don't have any accidental footfall either. No one is stumbling across that place. So, no. but that's fine. I don't think that's important really. Yeah. I think people will come to it as a destination. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think actually what, what we do want is we want a mixture of the community. I, I think I think we've got a good opportunity where we are to bring a lot of people new into into beer because mm-hmm. I can safely say that a large majority of an industrial state isn't going to be heaving with craft beer enthusiasts. Like <laughs> I think it's going to be full of very your average show drinkers who are going to come into this space like a lot of us have yep. in the industry and go, oh, my, like this is great. Like how have I never really, you know, what's this? hazy sweet beer that like <laughs> you know i mean i mean don't get me wrong we'll have you know we'll do a lager and we'll, we'll do you know let's let's say for argument's sake more accessible style yeah, you've got to have some gate you've got to have some gateway beers haven't you especially in a tap room yeah no yeah. question yeah exactly so but also i think it's very much a, yeah we've got a really good opportunity to get people really into us as a brand and mm-hmm. i think a lot of people always when we first turned up we have the big shutter doors open and you can see right in there and obviously it's big and shiny and very pretty looking and yeah you get a lot of people just stop and have a quick peer in and yeah. i think yeah, you always get people very interested and i think there's always that mystique around beer with like oh how do they make like how does that it's how do they make that you know yeah like, how do, so i'm excited to get a nice variety of people in there what's your public transport access like really good actually we're on the southern main line from right. london and then we're also on the tram line, so we're okay, you know, from, yeah. from as far from as far west as Wimbledon mm. to as far southeast as Beckenham. Right. We're on one line that cuts across South London, so from any of those spots, we're only twenty minutes either Perfect. side uh, yeah. for anyone to get to and from. And then up to Victoria, we're twenty-five minutes, Brilliant. and um, anyone outside of there from. I'm not sure where the southern line connects to, but I know it comes from the Victoria line sort of straight down so yeah anyone sort of more central yeah. or in south probably got it goes down so go down to brighton or is it somewhere yeah south? i think yeah. so yeah. it'll go out into sort of surrey area yeah. as far as i'm aware but yeah there's obviously a huge amount of residential all over there so yeah, yeah. well you know I, I think are, i think your brand recognition is at a sufficient level that people will actually be coming on the train out of london to come down to you once you, you know once you're open and uh, so i don't think you need yeah, to i don't think you're going to be short of a crowd um, yeah i mean you know i i've made trips up to walthamstow and i'm yeah. nowhere near there so yeah. i think also it, we're probably maybe opening a like i mentioned the guys from anspach who were yeah. previously on the bermondsey beer mile and they came out to croydon again yeah. because of constraints and price and i think it's only going to encourage more people to see the bigger picture with somewhere that's more like that's just as accessible a bit yep. cheaper for rent but also there's more room and more growth for sort of bigger and better so i, I think now that there are a few other well i say few of us there's two of us down yep. quite far south now but it's no further south than all the breweries in walthamstow are no that's right yeah they're they're as far out of town in the opposite direction yeah no, yeah exactly Excellent. Listen, we need to talk about this beer before we both get down to the last few sips on it. I do this every week, so that's all right. But uh... I'll, I'll finally have something to talk about. Um, now I've actually had a really good drink of it. So. <laughs> that's the best way, I think. You can't talk about a beer with the first mouthful. This is no. Hayes, your yeah. 4.6% New England IPA. It's a collab with the Tate Modern to celebrate their 2021 summer exhibition program. 
And the only notes I have on it say it's uh, hopped with mosaic, citra, azaka, and yusu. But I have no other tasting notes that I could find. Tell me about Hayes. What's the background to the involved with the Tate Modern? You know, what were you what were you aiming for with the beer? I, I think it's really nice. It's a nice, light, but really flavoursome New England Pale or New England IPA. It's, it's a good beer. Yeah. So, I mean, to put some context in, the head of operations at Tate Modern, I've worked with him before. We're very good friends now, and they always look to do, so every year they try and do something collaborative with a brewery and what's really nice about the Tate is that they're very very independent focused so okay. That's nice. if you go into the Tate any of their bars so I, well any of their museums but that everything with food drink is so meticulously chosen nice. for yeah. its quality mm-hmm. because I think they they know it has to stand up against what it is you're not going to go from having seen some of the you know these guys yeah. have everyone in the world it, that they could get their hands on it art wise yeah so why are you going to walk in you're not going to go and drink and... heineken are you no no exactly <laughs> and I, I think it's very nice to see that from a, a large company because yeah i think I a lot of large companies go for a bit of an easier route because oh, you know absolutely it's easy to sign a contract with the mac pro it's job done isn't it it's but it's a lazy exactly. option there, there's yeah. no there's absolutely no they don't have to think whereas everything about the food and drink they do and take they also have a brand within them called Tate Eats, which mm-hmm. is very, which is much more of the obviously the food and beverage side of things. Yeah. But Andrew, who's head of operations, and he has personal relationships with all the breweries he works with, and he, I think, the Tate were one of the first places to even buy our beer, which is hilarious when you think about it because it's not. <laughs> no, that's great uh, though. That's that really. Yeah. Is- you, you, Exactly. And when you walk into the you walk into that place and you've got the absolute cream of the crop of, of the best in the UK and anywhere they can get they'll, they can get anyone they want on that bar, you know. What I mean? oh, <laughs> like, so yeah. the take calls your phone, you're not gonna not pick it up, are you? No. So um So but, is this gonna be the keg beer of the summer for them then or you know yeah, what's exactly yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So we, we brewed a whole a whole batch of this. So we'll probably obviously depending on how things how well received the beer is i think in an ideal world we would have made something a little bit experimental let's say but there has to be a very good level of accessibility to the beer yeah this needs to be we were just talking about a gateway beer a minute ago weren't we the circumstance you just described this needs to be an accessible beer that people are going to enjoy hopefully be intrigued by want to look Mm -hmm. into the brand a bit more but at the same time not going to be horrified because it's too out there and and and, you know not without expecting yeah, I think within the brief, it's like, let's try and make something with a little bit of a twist to it, but like, let's not go to left field because at the end of the day, and I think it's very much a focus of ours as well, is that you don't want people to pick something up, drink it once and go, I really like that, but I probably won't buy that again. Mm. So I think I've made a point in the write-up of the beer that it was built upon ideas that we've had trying to make the best and most flavoursome lower ABV beers because I think especially with how people buy beer now they're looking for like the triple IPAs they're Mm. looking for the craziest sours they're looking for the most outrageously dry hopped beers but actually where's that beer that people are going to pick up four cans and then pick up one of something crazy because they're going to go I've got some mates coming around but they don't all drink craft beer but I know they'll probably like that so I'll you know I'll give that to them so it's i think the gateway is 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 extremely important i think breweries need to be mindful of it and i think it's something we're mindful of especially as shifty as the beer we produce most of and it's by far the most accessible beer we make because i think you can get away with it depending on the brand and certain breweries can but i think for us it's like how are we going to get more people into what we're doing yeah and this again is is probably a good example of that it's like it's a nice blend of some really great accessible hops but with an addition of yuzu which can be extremely overbearing as a taste Mm -hmm. it's a very unique fruit in the fact that it's not a common flavor we consume although it's like i think it'd be best described as an addition i mean to put it in put it lightly this beer wouldn't taste of that i think might be your opinion again depending on what you're picking up here but you get that kind of limey, grapefruity, pissy, like mm. little finish to think, like to the taste of it, like just yeah. at the back of the palate. And that, to put it in perspective, with nearly 2,000, 2,500 litres of beer, that's just a litre of yuzu that went into that it? to right. give it that taste. Wow. That's, that's how strong yuzu is. So, that's really interesting, yeah. Um, yeah. 
which is yeah i think a lot of people are like oh god that must be so like that must be crazy strong which it is like mm. you know you can't you have to use it sparingly and I yeah think, it just cuts through every other flavor i guess so, yeah. yeah yeah and it, i think it gives it balance because mm. again when you you know some people won't notice that but obviously when we sit and drink beer we have to understand how beer comes like how we taste beer and how it comes through the palate mm. I think you've got to understand how front notes work, how the middle works, how the back works a little bit. So, I mean, JT is way better than I am at this. <laughs> I'm still a novice, but having that kind of like, how are we going to get sweet up front, but then finish with bitterness that people right. aren't going to go, that's too bitter. Yes. I like a little bit of citrusy kind of flavor. So it's trying to make beer that's normally not necessarily the most accessible thing available on the bar, but again, bringing people into something because we don't they've done beers previous to this which have been a bit out there and crazy like you know they've done beers that were like dyed a different color or had like you know a glitter in them or something because obviously it was all art focused so yeah, they, wanted, was, yeah. they, they almost yeah. they, were, they were trying to adhere to that brief too much a little like, bit like the beer performance like, in its actually, own right yeah yeah and actually what you do and what you do end up sometimes is forgetting the quality side of it because we could stick hilarious edible items in beer but is it going to actually, what do we want? Do we want a beer people are going to keep going back for? Because, yeah. you know, this is on the bar as well to drink from a keg. And I can safely say people are going to enjoy that in a pint. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? so, and I think that's important, isn't it, as well? If, especially if you're looking to try and bring people into craft beer, is you need to serve them something they could drink by the pint because that's the yeah. expected serving measure for, for normal people, exactly. isn't it? You know, it's, only, it's only us craft beer weirdos that, uh, that, that yeah. have become accustomed <laughs> to thirds and 100 mil pours yeah, exactly. and whatever. And also, they do a lot of food pairing there because they have an incredible restaurant. So, again, they wanted something that was just going to be, it wasn't overbearing, mm. but it had enough about it that was interesting to make it something that would be paired well with a food. Yeah. Um, so it was, it's quite an interesting brief because it sounds relatively simple, but it's very difficult to hit a lot of different criteria points. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially with something that doesn't, we can't put, we can't put loads of booze in it. No. We can't hide it with loads of like crazy 20 gram per litre dry hops. We can't, we're using a very overbearing addition of, mm. of a sort of citrus fruit, which can also very quickly completely change the dynamic of the beer so it was a real balancing act and i think john should really um yeah he should really get a large amount of credit for what he's, he's done well, it, I, you know you know I, th I think it's a really good beer without putting it in those circumstances but considering the brief i think it's perfect and i can see why you'd be proud of this and I, unfortunately most people listening to this podcast are not going to get to taste it unless they go to the tape modern okay. are they so yeah. you know hopefully people will make the effort to go down there and, and have one well, yeah. yeah i mean the only other place it, i think we've got a very small volume of it it's going to go to sort of a handful of, i think we've got about 20 odd accounts that it's going oh, to okay go so to. there's a few cakes going to, um, to, to, to um, tap room so. and we're, um, and we've made sure it will get as wide a spread as possible. So it was only one case per customer. Okay, um, nice. And it's gone. It will go all over the country, and then it will. We'll also have a bit of stock available on the web shop as well. So. All right, great. Okay, very good. Yeah. Well, we probably ought to take a short break. This week in craft beer is sponsored by Them That Can, the premier mobile canning service in the UK. Them that can deliver the machinery, labour, materials and most importantly the expertise to achieve a professionally canned product that keeps their clients happy. For more information about how you can get started with their amazing services, please visit www.themthatcan.com So I'm back with Joe from Drop Project for the second half of the show. Joe, let's do what is often quite a tricky question for people, which is, I'd like you to tell me what makes you different? What is it that Drop Project are doing or planning to do that is going to differentiate you from the increasingly crowded and competitive craft beer market? I think a lot of us are obviously doing very similar things, and that's great because obviously it's important to follow where the market is is demanding because sure. if we're all trying to make crazy incredible trappist beers none of us would get paid but, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, and you know i think we can all appreciate those beers and there are people that are making money from that and that you know yep. it's doing well for you them, but, but not um, everybody can do that i totally agree <laughs> no exactly in a, in a country where people demand the best juiciest hop forward ipas available right. that's uh, you know we have to follow that trend but again i think something we outlined from day one as part of very much the branding and who we are and what sort of drives 
our image is is very much the environment um, right i think like we're very much outdoor focus in the way that we look and we're, we're all yep. board sports enthusiasts and as a result of that enjoying nature is incredibly important to us so sure. you know having having an eco-conscious mindset we want to make the best attempt to create as li- little negative impact on the world as possible and let's not beat around the bush brewing is incredibly negative on the earth it certainly can be yeah um, yeah and it can be to extremely large scale hmm. well and even at smaller scale but having worked at missing link which operated off the lost their sort of solar grid and ensuring spent grain was recycled into local right. agriculture yep. you know a lot of a lot of great breweries ensure that and what we do now not having that same access we work with a, a local trying to best describe it without completely ruin like completely uh, ruining what they do because what they do is great but they're they use our spent grain in order to make biofuels okay um, yeah it's great because they're Brilliant. they're yeah. literally they're 30 seconds from our brewery so oh, wow. our, our, um without actually having unless we were on a farm like a lot of some of the like some great breweries you've had on before obviously they, yep. they were they're able to get rid of that through agriculture but we don't quite have that same access but no we really wanted to kind of ensure that we were making sure that we're getting rid of the grain in a, a sustainable way which yeah. is great because we, we have a great relationship with that company and nice. you know being so close it really reduces a lot of our footprint but also we have a well it was previously a one tree one brew policy which right. meant we will work with several companies obviously we don't have the same reach that Brewdog did when they no. started shouting about their tree planting but mm. we were doing that back when we first started and actually we we're, we're we're about to increase it to two trees to okay. every brew now, which, nice. you know, over, you know, a relatively short period will, will offset essentially carb, carbon offsetting. Um, yes. And even down to the merchandise we, that we like we have produced is exclusively organic cotton. It's all earth positive, which is, nice. you know, manufactured at facilities powered by total green renewable energy and right. all low impact raw materials, everything we can do to as much tension that we have available to us we want to lower all of those what we don't necessarily have that immediate control over that we can right. pass it off to responsible companies you know yeah you can um, obviously there's only so much you can do as a small business but it's great to have that yeah. focus and, you know, we're not we're not perfect you know what i mean but i think it, it's it's incredibly it's it's incredibly important that everyone is trying to do that stuff it certainly is yeah yeah small steps you know if everybody makes small steps then you know the yeah, cumulative, exactly. the cumulative can, effort starts to count yeah but yeah i think i hope that sort of gives some background to what it is that i almost feel like it shouldn't be something that makes us different do you know what i mean no i totally agree yeah making that sense but i think for us obviously being people that spend a lot of time in the ocean and in the mountains and and just places where unfortunately now the the effects of modern living is really encroaching on on the environment and i think we'd all be very ignorant to disagree with that i mean no i don't see how you can be honest with you what's down the path in terms of sort of future (laughs) sustainability initiatives that that you have ambitions to accomplish definitely jt and i have been toying with something now and we have started a conversation and i think it's good now because john again has really great connections in engineering and we're looking obviously as a business like as soon as rain falls on our roof right well funnily enough as a business you pay for that rain which is kind of funny but yeah. let's we don't live in a dry country i think this is no john was really keen to find a way in order for us to basically collect rainwater because we use yep. an ro system anyway right so everything we brew on goes through the process it's being processed anyway process. yeah 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 so for us it's like actually we could probably capture a large amount of rainwater obviously we have the means to treat water to such high standards that why not use rainwater totally yeah brilliant. Um, what so, about electricity you got uh, you got solar or any plans for for wind power no, unfortunately, no? yeah i think again it's something i think a lot of people having done a crowdfunding for us if we're looking at i think and again, it's something we will obviously do in the future when we crowdfund for better facilities. I know a lot of people do crowdfunding for tap rooms and stuff like yeah. that, but for us, it'll be more, I think we'd like to put it into something that people can definitely see investment in terms of the long-term aspect of 
that business, which right. for us might be, again, yeah, we'd love to be able to invest in electric vehicles or like you said, yeah. with solar panels. So I'm happy with that. What makes you different? That totally chimes with me. And I think I particularly appreciate your suggestion that if you were going to do a crowdfund and then having it environmentally linked in some way, not yeah. as a gimmick, but as a genuine, no, no, exactly. uh, you know, thing it that you can accomplish that, that people yeah. can can see evidence of. I think that's a great idea, and I'm sure that would uh, yeah. that would work well. Let's move on to talk about sliced. This is yeah. your six point three percent triple fruited sour, and it's described as a mango passion fruit and pineapple banger. The taste notes I have say packed full of more than four hundred kilograms of pure fruit puree, soured with a custom blend of lactobacillus a drop of tropical fruit heaven to give you that Solero ice cream summer beach party vibes. Great tasting notes. Even better beer. Actually, I think this is awesome. Um, There's kind of a, I feel like every sour beer I drink these days has to be judged on the Vault City scale. I don't know whether you, you know, you hold those guys in the same sort of reverence that I do, but you know, they are the reference, aren't they? As far as the sours go. And I don't think if this was in a Vault City bottle, I don't think anybody would say that's not a Vault City beer. This is a Vault City standard, amazing fruit flavors. I I mentioned to you uh, when we were chatting at the, at the halftime break there, that the aspect of this beer that amazes me is so you know you taste it and it's got an almost overwhelming combination of fruit flavors and you think oh, that's nuts and then you put yeah. your glass down and your tongue starts to water a bit more and you can taste yeah. that pineapple and then even the sort of 60 seconds later you can just it's almost like there's more and more pineapple comes through the longer it is since you last yeah. tasted the beer which i i don't know how you're doing that it's definitely <laughs> some black magic going on but uh it's an amazing <laughs> yeah. beer and I'm, I'm really really enjoying it i'm gutted i've only got one can to be honest with you but <laughs> that's the first world I mean, problem i definitely appreciate your, your feedback on it i think um it's so difficult taking a chance on new things especially in a world where everything is so fast paced but yeah. like i said to you with someone like jt at the, the helm of brewing and even he will be the first to admit he's not a brewer but he he produces incredible beers and right. <laughs> i think again it, it kind of what we've spoken about it all goes back to meticulous planning of things and and how we consider things because i think a lot of what we want when people drink is balance i think right. it's very easy to go one way and for this how you mentioned the tasting of things like it's very yes it's sweet up front and you get that lovely bite in the side of the cheek but it's not eye-watering and when you put it down and you sat there for maybe 30 seconds or 60 seconds between the next sip you're finding a lot more getting that sort of real sweetness of pineapple in there and again i'd love to know what he does sometimes with this (laughs) stuff like and i spend all day with him you know what i mean so i think that just comes again it comes from such a passion of this of style like having not been able to the last time we brewed a sour was over was nearly a year over a year ago wow so for us it was the minute we could get this in tank it was happy days for us because you can definitely bet we'll be doing a hell of a lot more well i'm gonna say i I insist on it you know yeah well (laughs) i I I even want to know what the next fruit combination is going to be so (laughs) (laughs) i've only got i think we've only got a handful of cases of this left anyway so Mm. And yeah, thankfully got some going on an export as well, which would be nice because I think this beer really deserves to travel. Yeah, um, totally. I think it's fantastic. The good thing with sours is, you know what's great is sours age well in comparison to like yes, super hot. Yes, they do. Yeah, so, but as you say, you're going to export it. It's still going to be in great shape in yeah, six exactly. months from now, I'm sure, you know, but it's not that it's going yeah, to last that long. Exactly. And we, we pasteurize the beers as well to ensure longevity. And a lot of great breweries do it anyway, but it's just that way of ensuring that there's a longevity to it because, yeah, sours can be enjoyed six months down the line from yeah. when they were first packaged because they do age well. Yeah, this is exceptional. It's one of the best beers I've had on the podcast in you know nearly 50 episodes. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think John will be very happy with that. And I know when, <laughs> I know when Will, Will and I first tried this, having had the first edition, I think what's again we we just don't cut corners with the with how we spend on the beers i think if you drink very basic kettle sour beers it's like you're getting that nice creamy yogurtiness from a sour but are you picking up any real fruit flavor or are you Mm. just picking up sour notes and you can draw flavor from anything but i think with this it's like we made sure that every single fruit was so obviously taste like you could taste it because i think the way like you said with the pineapple at the, the end and the mango at the start and the passion fruit kind of in the middle, it's been so nice. And I think even the standards of untapped 
have like even been good to us in that respect because like people have just been so loving of the beer which is yeah. great because i think sours is one of those beers that, that john really really takes so seriously as well right. so Fantastic. yeah and we, you know we're so he's, he's very meticulous with with that stuff and i think it really shows excellent let's talk about what's coming up for you guys what have you got as you said the tanks are all full um what have you got in there yeah so we've got sort of in the month of collabs now things have opened up it's been really nice to hang out with people that's not the same three people <laughs> so yeah we've recently made trips to revington s43 we nice. did collabs with those guys which was Brilliant. great because again such different breweries making such great beers yeah absolutely um, yeah and it, you know it's just so nice to share knowledge with people mm-hmm. again and just experience seeing someone's reaction to when they're opening one of your beers or I remember when we got to Rivington, the pallet we couriered up there literally turned up about an hour before the bar opened. <laughs> and the guys were like ripping it, ripping the whole thing apart and putting the beers, making sure the beers got on on time and this, that and the other. And, and then seeing the reaction to people when they were trying, because I remember it's when we launched Sliced actually. Okay, um, nice. And then just seeing everyone's reaction when they were pouring the sour and just like, mm. yeah, it's just so nice to see people and talk because like before it just felt, like we were just endlessly doing the same kind of thing every day and yeah to have that thing back again is it's almost overwhelming do you know what i mean yeah. like we having hung out with people and gone to pubs and people coming up to you and being mm. like oh, i love your beer and it's not like we do this for the we don't do this for the praise but when somebody does come up to you and yeah. it has something really nice to say about what well, it's got to be because... so it's got to be so satisfying hasn't it? I, I can't imagine what it's like yeah. but I, i'm sure it is the most rewarding part of the job no, no question yeah we're so grateful for it because you know what like it's the reason we work hard because i think it's seeing people's excitement because it's not like we're waiting on a on the edges of our chairs for some level of satisfaction or any kind of gratification but at the same time like when people are just like man like i i cannot wait to try your next beer or nice. I, you know yeah, I, yeah. I literally run to the pub with my mates when i know they've got your beer on it's like you know it really kind of draws a line and validates everything we do because otherwise like what are we really doing this for i think yeah. ultimately like it's about the community and it's about bringing people together and, and enjoying the experience because you know let's be honest drinking at home on your own is not it's not a healthy thing to do do you know what i mean like no. it's not yeah, I think it's a huge part of the experience. Being of course, able to it talk is to absolutely. People. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a social social business, yeah. a social product. Totally. No, exactly. But, but you yeah. haven't answered the question, Joe. What have you, what sort of beers you got to take? <laughs> <laughs> right. So we've got next week F forty three and Rivington beers are coming out, but they they were brewed at those guys. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. breweries. And then stuff that we brewed this month for our place. We've done Alpha Delta. Yeah, you had my friend Ross down last week, in fact, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, he's brilliant. Oh, man, he's such a character. Um, Yeah, he's good value, Ross. (laughs) We did did a triple IPA with those guys. It's our first one. Brilliant. So expect something outrageous for that Mm. thing. Um, And then we did a double IPA with the guys from Neon Raptor. Oh, fantastic. Um, Yeah, as you said, uh, JT's a friend with with the guys out there. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. And then last week we had Brian from Northern Monk. He came down. Oh, brilliant. We're going to do our first sort of Imperial West Coast IPA. So okay. like all out, huge malt, pine explosion of a beer, which would be yep. really, really cool. Um, nice. yeah. And then on the Friday, we did uh, we had Duration. Down. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Bates. And Sorry, I, I have skipped one. We also did one with Brick, which will be a okay. really nice 6.5% New England IPA. Um, but yeah, sorry. Then to go back to Duration. Yeah, we did. We brewed a Saison esque uh, right. style continental pale let's say let's i think we're, we're going to see how it lands but i think there was very much a sort of lean towards saison which you know we could really push because obviously duration is such a name for that sort of style absolutely and really yeah drawn definitely so i think as a brewery we'd probably otherwise maybe struggle to shift a style like that but i think it's such a nice way of people coming to us Good. and being like all oh, right they've done it with duration so like and, you know, we they did it at, at, at their brewery. It's a really nice... So I think it's great because I think duration of... It's a good gateway yeah, for you into that into that style of beer. Yeah, definitely. And then finally, we are going to Left Hand Giant on Friday. Oh, brilliant. Um, and then we're going to be doing like a, a delicious sort of orangey, sea salty goes type Ooh, thing. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, which would be a nice... And, you know, again, they're the powerhouse of the West, you know. Yes, like those guys absolutely. Yeah. Among, amongst the most revered of the breweries and bruce and the whole the whole company are such great people and right. you know their taproom is just like oh it's lovely isn't it yeah it's such a nice facility <laughs> yeah. 
yeah it's such a great place you know? mm. um yeah well wow. that doesn't get people excited i don't know oh, what my will. Goodness. <laughs> will you get cans from the away collabs as well will you be, they'll, they'll, yeah, they'll, yeah. yeah 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 we'll, we'll be getting it won't be great but it won't be large volumes because those guys aren't you know they're not big breweries but no we'll have some to dish out for sure um, nice that'll be nice brilliant so that brings me nicely into the dropbox then which is your yeah. to my way of thinking has got to be one of the best deals in uk craft beer 35 quid for nine beers uh, monthly so tell yeah. me how that came about you you know you mentioned earlier on that it's i guess partly by necessity that that's the way your beer is distributed at the moment but yeah give us give us a background to dropbox yeah. so it was um, you know a really nice brainchild of wills will does a lot of the back of house stuff and again he's very meticulous in processes and what he brings to the brewery and he's incredibly talented with organization and you know a lot of stuff a lot of the stuff that either JT or I don't have time for or the stuff that we're we're not very good at, which is another very incredible, another (laughs) very important part of the business that a lot of people forget, you know, but uh, it can be overlooked. But yeah, it was sort of a brainchild of his. And I think, again, having had a year where we had an opportunity to really bring the end consumer to the brewery, which obviously a lot of people hadn't been doing previously, we really wanted to take advantage of that because we were getting such great traction through our own website and thinking it's a really nice way of launching beers with other breweries that we do either do collaborations with, which you'll always see, or other breweries that we want to bring to people's attention, like right. the smaller, even smaller guys to us or whatever. And it's a nice way to give back to that community. Do you know what I mean? So, so Dropbox, 35 quid for nine beers. It's a limited subscription as far as I understand it. So people have to register to get a place in it. Is that, is that yeah, right? So- yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, so basically you're, you you can register it at any time, but obviously, yeah, it's just when we bring it out, which is middle of the month. And yeah, we try and base it on all of our new releases and collaborations. Yeah. So it just means that we, we're always getting a very fresh new drop of beers that we have available at the time, nice. basically. And yeah, for all the new subscribers, they get a glass and we always try and bring out some weird and wonderful like sticker merch, as you can see, cool. the ones <laughs> that I sent to you. Yep. which you can see we're all about the fun stickers and, and other interesting stuff. But also we I didn't obviously, I hadn't included in what you have, but we sent a nice spread of printout tasting notes. Okay, and like cool. Description yeah. beer. And it's a good way of giving people a way to look at how they're drinking beer as well. So there's a nice, nice scripture on tasting notes, but also like giving people the tool to drink beer and make their own feedback on the beer. Yes. But also it encourages people to think about how they're drinking beer as opposed to just being like, well, I don't like that because I don't like the flavor, but you understanding necessarily what it is you'd like, what you do and what you don't like about right. the beer. For people that are not maybe ready to jump in for a, a monthly subscription at this stage, what's the best place for people to get their hands on Drop Project cans? <laughs> Reach out to your local bottle shops. We work exclusively with independent retailers. Nice, yeah best sort of bottle shops around but also we'll have the web shop open just so you can buy the, the selection that you either want the, probably the quickest way is to find your craft beer shop or tap room chances are we're either working with them or we'll be in the process of working them but yeah that's usually the best way to do that all right let's get into the shout out to the little guy then here i ask you to name uh, one or more local to mitchum i guess beer businesses that you're, that you're uh, yeah, particularly impressed by the guys at the hope in cash Dalton. okay we do a lot of our tap takeover nights when we do collabs they're an incredible community-owned pubs i think they've got something like over 200 shareholders in the business oh that's nice yeah um, you know you go in there and it's busy on a tuesday at two o'clock in the afternoon with old geezers drinking all, all, the, all the shareholders keeping an eye on their investment yeah exactly um <laughs> And they're run by career publicans. Do you know what I mean? Okay, like nice, these, yeah. guys, these guys have been running the pub for over 10 years. So they're super upstanding guys with yeah. with a reputation for giving people a real into the industry and giving nice. people careers in within the pub industry, which is such a great which is such a great thing. And yeah. I remember going to them from day one and we had Shifty and Lip Smack, which was the sour and the core beer yeah. now. And those beers, Shifty was 115 pound a keg and Lip Smack was 130 odd pound a keg. And from a brand new brewery, nobody was really willing to give that much of a chance and those guys no had us on within days and ever since that's the we've had that relationship with those guys do you know what i mean like they don't even ask me what we have in stock they're just like bring me bring me a handful of kegs of anything you have at any point at any time you know like and you know you go in there and it's warm it's welcome the staff are so knowledgeable it's everything you want from a good pub 
Yeah, um, that sounds fantastic. So, you know, for a local business to us, you know, they're about a mile, literally a mile from the brewery. You couldn't ask for better. But fantastic. yeah, I, I could sit and reel off a whole list of no, it's really hard, isn't it? Yeah, businesses, but and there are so many. You know what I mean? Like where we are locally on the south coast, up in Manchester, up in Leeds, all those people that Robin's brought into the business, like yep. so many people are good for this industry and have been great to us. And a lot of people gave us a chance when probably, you know, they either shouldn't have, or they could have chosen an easier choice, but yeah. actually we are where we are because of those people now. Do you know what I mean? So I'm grateful to everyone that buys our beer now and definitely anyone who's doing and is doing that is supporting this business and they're supporting this industry and they're supporting good beer. So cheers to everyone really fantastic then let's get into the wrap-up question joe and this is what would be your ultimate happy hour where would you be who would you be with and what would you be drinking and this is non-covid restricted hopefully <laughs> only a few more weeks that i need to actually put that footnote to the question because we're yeah, almost yeah. Uh, past it now but non-covid yeah, yeah. restricted what would be the ultimate happy hour for you i'd love to be with the guys from the brewery obviously and yep. you know with the missus and our and our and our other halves and i think for argument's sake for where it is and how good it is but like and we're lucky because i'm going on friday but the finzel's tap room mm. left on the giant on the river is, yeah like, lovely it's just it's 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 hard to beat i can't really think of either that or or rivington would be fantastic right um yeah, two two yeah, good choices. And then uh, yeah, as far as as far as beer goes, I think if you can get faith on cask, right? I buy this. It's I think it's one of the best on cask around for sure. Okay. Um, as that that'll be my cask drink. But then I think the beer that started it all for us was Shifty. Okay. Um, and it's you know it's just that thing we we can absolutely sink by the pint. Yep. And given any weather, any location, it's it really adds to the atmosphere and. I think, yeah, that would be my choice. You know. Nice. Yeah, I think that's a, a good choice. <laughs> and uh, no, I can't afford that, I don't think. Then, Joe, that has been a really good conversation. Thank you so much for Thank your time. You. Thanks for the no fantastic problem. beers. I meant what I said. I've yet to have a bad beer from you guys. So you're doing a lot right. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how the business develops. Can't wait to get down to Mitchum and experience the tap yeah. room as soon as you get it on its feet. So, yeah, I will yeah, be there. Mate. Brilliant. Joe, <laughs> thanks so much for your time. Have a great evening. Yeah, thank you, mate. Commencing in July 2021, This Week in Craft Beer will be running meticulously curated long weekend tours to the world's most exciting craft beer cities in partnership with some of the UK's leading craft breweries. Destinations for 2021 will include Copenhagen, New England, Brooklyn and Miami. If you fancy joining a small tour party led by a leading UK craft brewer as we experience a packed long weekend of meet the brewer and tutor tastings at some of the leading craft breweries on the planet, please pay close attention to our newsletter and website as we make new announcements each week throughout April and May. 